dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. So glad you joined us for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com, where you subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you find your podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, or you have any suggestions for guests that you think we should have on the program, by all means, go ahead and reach out to me, Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com. Again, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com. Best way to reach out if you want to go ahead and put your words or your voice into this program. I'd love to hear feedback from all of you because I know a lot of you hear this show each and every week. And we have another great program for you this week. My next guest's company is a premier provider of global agricultural supplies, logistics, and procurement for large-scale commercial farms. He's the principal at Hydroponics, Inc., Justin Pierce. Justin, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you, Jorge. My pleasure. Quick background on hydroponics for our audience. You connect producers and users of hydroponic supplies around the world through origination, trading, and distribution, as well as offering a range of analytics and financial solutions. Now, CEO of your company, I'm going to be quoting a little bit on the program because it's a cannabis tech article that I took from uh, that really gives a lot of context of what we're dealing with right now in the current pandemic situation as we're recording this program in the middle of May. Now, CEO Ken Austin stated to Cannabis Tech this, quote, Before this became a crisis, we had started to see that ports were closing and factories were laying off workers in China. What we anticipated is that there were going to be material shortages or back orders of some non-critical grow components. So, Justin, my question to you first off is, do you think China, guys, I think China is the target of where, I mean, for those that will say, I think the majority of people will say this originated from China. The issues that are going to be going on will be ramifications that will last for decades. Do you think China can still play a role in the cannabis supply chain going forward post-pandemic? I do believe they can. Uh, you'd have to be a lot more careful. You you want to be more careful just to make sure that it's, it's coming from the right source and it's not contaminated and all those kind of things. But you're always wanting to have backup, backup solutions to whatever you're trying to provide for your customer. I want to ask you this. What are just, some just of the products? Just plainly relying on China. Right. What I want to ask Go you ahead. is this, and specifically on what was being provided in terms of product. I know that vape, uh, the, the products, the materials that, to create vape pens and products like that were created in China and brought over to the U.S. I want to know from your end, what areas of the supply chain did uh, the companies that you work with and under hydroponics, what were some of the supplies that you would get, for example, from China? Something you get from China would be trellis netting, scissors, any kind of widget that can be, you know, kind of mass produced economically would probably be my best answer. Would it be the matter of that it's because of the fact that they're able to mass produce so so much quantity in so much time and do you think that's something that 
there, there should be a point where some companies in the U.S. might not might need to start go ahead and taking the initiative and trying to create that same match production here. Oh, that would be beautiful. That would be that would be beautiful. Um, having just being reliant on any any one company, any one source, any one country is clearly always a risk. You you want to have redundancy in your kind of your options or your sources so that if something like this does happen and say, say China closes all shipping for 90 days, you want to have a backup plan. Yeah. I can only imagine. And that's, what, and that's what we've been able to do. Well, right. Ahead. And the thing is too, is that for in the same vein, I'm looking back a few weeks ago, how China was looking to go ahead and reach out to the U.S. market for growth. There is this back and forth relationship that still wants to be had, even though we're dealing with this, because as we see, um, the industries continue to go and move forward and companies are seeking strategic acquisitions, partnerships, investments, entering new international markets. And, you know, China is one of those markets, obviously. So the thing is, I mean, it will not, it's not going to be end all be all cut through a situation where, supplies have to be cut off but i mean there's no quick answer for all this here but uh in terms of what you're doing with right now i mean what are some of the alternate plans that i guess that are out there for those that are looking to try to go ahead and replace the supply we're i mean obviously we're seeing the same thing with the meat and the meatpacking industry and things like that but what what does the cannabis industry do right now this is just something where we're just we're kind of handicapped that's a great question jorge so so you want to have more than one avenue to procure whatever particular product you you're you're talking about, just in case something like this, you know, were to happen. So yeah, you want to have more than one option to procure these products, and some products you can only get from one from one source. So that leads me to the next point. The next point is there are so many different ways to cultivate cannabis. Everyone, you know, growers are very particular, kind of like chefs. They've got their secret sauce, the way they like to do it, but they're also always evolving. For example, let's say, let's say some nutrient that they love that they've been using for years doesn't exist anymore or is discontinued or someone comes up with a new technique that's more efficient. So they're always changing and they're always evolving. So I would say not not would it be where am I going to get that particular product, but more in what different way could I could I cultivate that wouldn't require that product? Does yeah. that make sense, Jorge? No, it does. It's just I just don't know what you're going to do. I mean, but at the moment, do you feel like there's going to be an issue where there is no place to go right now to satisfy this? I guess that's where I'm coming from with that. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say yet. Because you can always default to what I just said, which was you can always change change the way in which you grow or the certain nutrients you use or a different style. So you're not all there's not just one way to grow. So that if one key component of your call it secret sauce is unavailable, there are a hundred ways to skin a cat. So there's certainly other other ways you could could look to do it that wouldn't require that particular product. <clears throat> Very interesting. Very interesting. So I like where you're coming from with that. Cause so I see, 
there just can be certain things that might just be not produced, but not, but there's going to be an ample supply of just most about everything that should not be affected at all. I could see. So I want to go into the financial aspect now where I'm sure with some of the okay. companies that you work with right now, not only are they worried about supply and demand, they're also worrying about, you know, financial sustainability at this point. So when I ask about that, um, one of the things I want to bring up, which is kind of breaking as I'm as we're recording the show here on May 12th of 2020, I want to bring this up because and this is by the time this show is published, we might see this come down the line. Uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Washington, D.C., NCIA is reporting that the newest bill for coronavirus relief funding could now include banking language that is identical to the House approved Safe Banking Act, making it easier for financial institutions to work with cannabis businesses that are in compliance with state law, as well as address serious public health and safety concerns caused by operating in predominantly cash-only environments. The relief bill is now being called the HEROES Act. Uh, it is going to be taken up to the rest of the House floor for a floor vote as we record, and Senate will be considering it after that. Very interesting we're going to see that happen. I, I can see that, uh, you know... It, Again, I was thinking about the fact that down the line, I think legalization and things like the Safe Banking Act bring brought into play to help accelerate the economic relief and recovery overall in the United States is very important. And I wasn't surprised to see something like this come forward. Now, as for the overall industry, uh, your CEO also said, Ken Austin, the U.S. cannabis industry, quote, will experience more severe shortages as April unfolds, which unfortunately will only be the beginning. And he pointed out that the cannabis companies won't garner any kind of federal funding, such as the Paycheck Protection Program or any SBA-backed loans or grants to, quote, help them weather the storm. Now, I want to mention a couple of stats here in terms of how certain companies in the industry as a whole are dealing with this right now, in terms of how they are sustaining themselves. So there is new data that has come out that says cannabis companies may profit from the stimulus after all. Gen Technologies uh, reported interesting data from Harborside and Airfield Supply saying there was a 48% increase in sales after the first round of stimulus checks were deposited as of 420. Likewise, Spring Big, 12 million users on their platform reported a 63% increase in sales. And we've learned at least one company that did get an SBA loan successfully. But now my question to you, Justin, is do you think cannabis and hemp-related companies will make it through this hurdle of finance and supply and all these obstacles without federal funding or any kind of, uh, I mean, can you see a, a bridge that will bring us out of this for all these companies and for the companies you work with? That's a great question. So I would say the first thing, so, so cannabis related companies are, are not eligible for the, the PPP. Right. So that's kind of understandable. It kind of goes along with, no federal banking, it's not federally legal, therefore the Fed and the banks and FDIC, FDIC insured institutions aren't willing to put their charter at risk to go with a company that's not federally legal, yeah. go with an industry rather that's not federally legal. So that wasn't a surprise, but the fact that the industry was deemed essential to me was the lifesaver. If that wouldn't, if that, if it wouldn't have been deemed essential oh, there would have been a lot <laughs> a lot of carnage because you're already you're already somewhat 
I don't know if handcuffed is the right word. We're already somewhat limited because there is no capital markets. You got to go to private debt markets and, you know, equity markets. And it's, it's, it's just amazing, Justin, that the cannabis hemp industries are silently, you know, they are getting some real advantages out of all this situation, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a tragic situation, but to the benefit of the industry, it's, you know, it's a, I mean, it's, I think it's just, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but I think it's just, uh, it's ironic. It's really more than anything else that there's a real irony that to see that the industry is going to be able to come out of this. And I'll tell you another thing. If they keep talking about within the economy, economic relief, if the payroll tax is eliminated for the rest of the year, that kind of relief will be, I think personally, I wouldn't see more relief stimulus or stimulus relief coming from the government. I just think that if the, Payroll tax was eliminated for the rest of the year. I think that benefits greatly to every business across the board. I mean, that 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 covers everybody. That literally yeah. impacts everybody. I, I don't know if we're getting into a political discussion now, but I am absolutely for that. Absolutely for that. Oh, I don't think, I think, because anything that comes to this end when it comes to the finances, I totally believe is bipartisan. In the same way where, you know, I mean, yeah, there can be politics to be said, but honestly, every time we see a bill come out, when it comes to say, when it comes to the states act, which is bipartisan, and that is the act that I think ultimately, you know, it's not. Gonna, I don't think it's going to be put underneath the umbrella of another stimulus bill or something like that. But I think if you're looking for economic relief, I could see where the states act could be implemented in a much uh, expedited fashion. Overall, I think the industry would be looked at as a savior in some respects to help out, to get us out of a recession. I don't think we're going to get to a great, great, great depression mode. I think unemployment is going to be there, but I think for the job market, and I want to ask about that in a little bit. I do have a question about that more specifically, but it's those kind of things I see right now that the industry, I just see there's a positive aspect to all this and it's just ironic, but I wish it wasn't in a situation, but for the good of the industry, I know people are pretty, they're optimistic about it. Right. We're, we're very optimistic. I mean, like I said, the fact that the fact that cannabis was deemed essential was an, was really a, a, a net, a necessity because had that not happened, it, it would have been, there would have been some serious carnage because with no access to capital markets or limited access to capital markets, you've already got, you already have to run lean and super efficient and, and you can't afford hiccups when you're, when you're already running that thin, if that's a, if that's a good description. Now we got to go to commercial um, break, Justin, but I want to go ahead and come back and ask you more about what hydroponics is doing right now, because you know, in there, in the, in the support system, I mean, that's what hydroponics is really doing. And I want to ask about certain things that you're doing within uh, what hydroponics is doing right now to help those within uh, under your umbrella and find out if there's any real changes in what's happening right now because proactively you were already helping industry out in so many different ways. I want to ask about how the pandemic is affecting some of the initiatives that your company's been doing. I'm here with the principal at Hydroponics Inc., Justin Pierce here on Blunt Business. Back with more questions in just a second. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. 
Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Justin Pierce, the principal at Hydroponics, Inc. And by the way, the website, if you want to go and take a look at what they're doing, being the leader in hydroponic supply, is hydroponicsinc.com. Make sure you go and check out the website for all their information. So September 2019, like I was mentioning before the break, that hydroponics was already being proactive in terms of, you know, in the support and what you're doing to help out businesses, to help out with a lot of services. So I want to ask about uh, back in September 2019, Hydroponics announced it would deploy up to $75 million to acquire tangentially related service businesses over the next 24 months through a special acquisition fund. And you said this about the strategic fund in a press release. You said, quote, we are a profit center. By outsourcing to us for procurement, cultivators can open up vital square footage at their facilities while eliminating in-house personnel dedicated to procurement and logistics. Talk to me, Justin, about the progress of this program and what changes have occurred with respect to the fund and the ancillary service providers you're working with. Okay. Good question. So um, I'll, t- I'll touch on that quote real quick. So the cultivators can open up vital square footage. So think about your, think about your grow facility and how much canopy you have, meaning how much, how much of that building actually has plants under lights, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the square footage of your facility that has plants under lights 
the canopy, that's, that's generating revenue. If you're using some of your real estate to store products that are going to help you grow your cannabis, then you're, you're kind of, you're not getting the best use out of that real estate of your facility. Why would you, why would you not have a professional hold and store the materials that you need and deliver them to you just in time so you can maximize your canopy on, on the real estate that you have. Now more so than that's the, that's the, that, that, that touches on the profit center part. Okay. So uh, let me go ahead and then follow up with another question then, because in the same yeah. press release, you also make a point and say that now more than ever, the professionalization of the supply chain is vital for the health of the cannabis industry. Cultivators who leverage hydroponics, expertise and knowledge will help them reduce costs with uh, will also increase their chances of avoiding bankruptcy in the near term, which being up maybe enough to ensure their survival once the U S economy passes through its darkest days. So the question is, I mean, really, you know, are there any changes that are going to be happening to the fund and are you taking on any more people that might need that kind of relief that we can't expect from the federal government? Yes, I would say in respect to the fund and and what how COVID has affected the fund. Yes, is, is that is that kind of the question? Yes, correct. Okay, so so we want to be sensitive during during COVID, and you know people are, are are kind of in survival mode and just kind of all hands on deck. We're just trying to get through this, so we're kind of we're, we're a little bit more sensitive and and kind of giving people a little bit a little bit of space just in this in this very critical time. But we are always, always looking at new businesses and we have a very strict set of criteria that they must meet. And so getting these things to the finish line is, is always a challenge, but we are constantly looking and, you know, doing due diligence on different companies and seeing where the opportunities are. Is there any real changes that would need to be made, I guess, going forward with this? Without not having to ask what, what might be, need to be done, but do you think that this uh, this 24-month plan can continue, or do you think there might be a little bit of uh, adjustment as to what would need to be done to keep this going forward? There would probably be a little bit more of a tail than the 24 months if you wanted to, if you wanted to account for, for COVID, because COVID is certainly a certainly uh, an, an interesting scenario where where not all business is just business as usual people are just surviving and so the 24 months might have a longer tail on it but our our search criteria hasn't changed and the fundamentals we look look for haven't changed but in terms of the timeline it might be a little bit longer as right now we're just we're, we're not quite as focused on it in the last call it 60 days and maybe the next 30, just as people are in survival mode, acquisitions and, and, and that sometimes aren't their first priority. The last question was actually Ken Olson that made that quote. Let me just go ahead and uh, beg your pardon there. Go ahead and correct that point for the record. Uh, so, but other than that, I guess, is there any personal changes or any adjustments in the, um, uh, have you heard anything back, I guess, from the companies as to how they're responding to this? And if there's been, well, tell me about the kind of support you've had, you might've had to have done since this pandemic has come into play. Uh, that's a great question. So, and during this, during this pandemic, 
you know, people have cash crunch problems or they thought they had funding coming that didn't materialize. And so people, customers are, are, are wanting to get terms and get, you know, net 30 terms. But what we've seen is, is that trend is going in the opposite direction as a result of COVID. People are tightening their belts and, you know, they don't want to extend as much credit until they, until the environment is a little more secure. There we go. Well, I'm glad to see that at least we are going to get through all of this. Everybody is an industry, and I think there's a lot of promising signs. I want to go ahead and talk about the promise of the future and just really kind of just delve into a little more granularity on the positive aspects, the optimism that we have on how the industry is going to look on the other side of this pandemic. I want to ask about that coming after another short break. Final questions with Justin Pierce, principal at Hydroponics, Inc., in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis. Consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer & Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We are tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Justin Pierce, principal at Hydroponics, Inc. Again, HydroponicsInc.com. I want to go back to that Cannabis Tech article. For those of you that are listening in, I want to go and let you know the title of that article is COVID-19 Impacts Cannabis Supply Chain, But For How Long? So going back in that story, here's more of what's being said here. And I, listen, I'm sorry. Ken is a popular guy. Obviously, he had a lot of good quotes to be said on this and was a was the main person that was quoted for this article. But I'm glad, Justin, you can, can give us a more perspective on the, what was happening here, a little more context. So now, Here's what's also being said, quote, if, even if worst case scenarios prove true, 
Cannabis cultivators, manufacturers, and retailers as a class should have a relatively bright future. Cannabis is desired and needed by tens of millions of Americans, and the circumstances that have fueled its rise should make the industry at least somewhat immune to destructive macroeconomic forces. So your CEO said also to be bullish on cannabis for the long term. I will say the same thing, in part because of such factors. And he also believes the industry will benefit from the streamlining and belt tightening that the COVID-19 outbreak will inevitably, inevitably spark. So do you see the industry thriving? Say, if the federal government looks at the industry to provide a much-needed use to the economy and the job market. So Safe Banking Act, Possible States Act, or some other kind of loosening of restrictions – do you see this being what will take us to the take us to that silver lining, the summit above the hills, or the summit over the hills? There's going to be a lot of changes coming out of COVID. So, I think I I think people will be a lot more efficient. I think as a whole, cultivators that were that were on the edge or barely pulling it off might not survive there may be some some kind of thinning out of the herd if you will yeah um it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you find that the industry the industry takes care of itself in that it'll eliminate the players that can't thrive i guess yeah it it, it just naturally takes it naturally takes care of itself and something like this is, is almost a catalyst to kind of make the, in, the industry as a whole more efficient. Get rid of some, some players that were struggling, maybe bring in some newer players with some new money, but there will definitely be some, some, some changes and some streamlining of, of the, of, yeah, of I, the player. There's going to be a purge so. of businesses that are not going to be able to make the cut. And I think that goes with every industry out here. Cause I think, a lot of retail is going to affect, be affected by this. Uh, quite a number of businesses are going to, or they might just be too big to fail. I mean, I see some of that, but I also see where some, some. I mean, do you see anything where, um, another question I want to just follow up with is just, do you see where some companies might alter their business model and try to attack the demand for the uh, supply chain? Would, would they go ahead and move themselves into a more so supply chain system and try to offer the manufacturing that's going to be uh, missing from what's, what was being done in China. Can people replace that here in a pretty significant amount of time? That could absolutely happen. That could absolutely happen. And, and frankly, it'd be a natural, natural progression. I mean, I, I think a perfect example of, of being reliant, being too reliant on somebody is this COVID pandemic. If we're getting our drugs from China yeah. and we need specific drugs, and that's our only source, that's a problem. And that's a way bigger problem than the cannabis. I mean, if the plants die, humans don't die. <laughs> well, I mean, the you know thing I mean? is, but we, we've but learned we need, so much about medicine. this. Yeah. I mean, just the fact of, of the medical supplies and the, med and, and, the, and the chemicals required to create medicines, the reliance upon China for that. I mean, I don't know how much was relied upon China when it came to the cannabis industry, but I just think for so many other industries, they were very reliant upon. And obviously there's advantages for those industries because of the financial aspect, because they're able to go ahead and properly, you know, work through monetary channels, you know, and regulations to go ahead and be able to do. Meanwhile, the cannabis industry has been able to thrive with 
a lot of what you would think was insurmountable obstacles and have been able to go ahead and break through and continue to go ahead and just drive through even with all this going on. And the most important thing I think is where I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be hedging their bets. They're going to say, listen, cannabis is going to make a rise out of this. There's This is where, uh, you know, it's almost like the area of prohibition is once again here. And then the Great Depression, I've said this analogy before, Great Depression, uh, you know, I think there was a need for something else to kind of stimulate the economy, alcohol. Well, can cannabis be the same thing for this post-pandemic? I think that's what's going to happen, and we're starting to see the signs of it right now. It's beautiful. And 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 one of the things that makes makes us so bullish on cannabis on a macro level is it's like cigarettes or alcohol. When people, people celebrate victories with alcohol, they celebrate losses with alcohol. They, they mourn with alcohol. They celebrate with alcohol. It's kind of the same thing with cannabis. That's it's, true. You, people use it. People use it in good times, bad times and static times. Now, the other thing I would, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm expecting you to answer this, but I also think the other thing, too, is that I'm starting to see a lot of companies that are larger that are going to be able to take advantage of companies that have gotten weakened by this and acquire. So we're going to see some of that that could be going on as well. Some companies might just swallow up a smaller company and just grow themselves. And I can see some of that consolidation and uh, that kind of thing going on in this environment as well. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. We, we, we feel like and it kind of goes back to the to the to the carnage coming out of this thing there yeah. should be a lot more opportunity you know on the backside of this thing for sure so everybody in terms of acquisitions and M&A and all that stuff yeah brace yourselves and just you know if you're one of those companies that's looking to just find the other way around we're here to talk about what's on that other side of that rock on the other side of the hill we're going to find the valley and, and get ourselves here we're already past the peak of what was going on with this pandemic we're hitting the valley now. We're going to get ourselves back into a good spot. And I think coming out of this, which is not the way to get here, we didn't ask for this to go the way that it did. But if, you know, right now, if things going to work out for the industry, that's what's going to be. And Raw should have a good optimistic outlook going forward. Justin, uh, thanks so much for making exactly time with the right. to join us here today. Uh, real quickly, go ahead and just uh, direct people again to hydroponics. Obviously, you have a lot of things going on. Things are very active with all of you there. Hydroponics, dot, uh, hydroponicsinc.com. Uh, please tell us what people should look at when they're going to the website, who should be looking out and talking to you, how they can contact your team. Sure. You can, you can find us on the website. You can, you can find us on the website. You can find us on Instagram. We're at, we're at a lot of the trade shows. We're, we're on your podcast. We're in the publications. We're, we're out there trying to reach everybody. So we'd, we'd love to help you. Excellent. Well, thank you again. Justin Pierce, principal at Hydroponics Incorporated. Thanks for making time to join us here on Blunt Business. Really do appreciate it. Jorge, you're welcome. Have a good day, bud. You too. Thank you, listeners, for listening into another edition of Blunt Business. I already told you how to subscribe to the show. Now just do it and tell a friend to do the same thing. Talk to you next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.